guys. Welcome to the Cultivate and Keep podcast. It's uh, Corey and Jeremy, and uh, we have a special guest on tonight. But before we uh, get into it, we have a few quick announcements for you. Yep, just one thing super quick. Uh, Just wanted to mention that we are doing some more interviews with some smart people like the guests that we have on tonight, uh, today. Um, but just tune in more to see who is on more about them. We're also going to be more active on social media and so you can a- ask them questions. Hopefully. Yeah. The problem is me and Corey aren't like, we're not on social yeah, media. We're not ever. big on it. So, but if you ask us questions, we'll definitely answer them. Um, so you can email us anytime, uh, at, uh, us at cultivate and keep.com. Um, otherwise, um, you can also check out cultivate and keep.com slash favorites for all of our favorite resources, uh, tools, books, websites, podcasts, etc. All of our recommendations, uh, with that, I'll hand it over to you, Jeremy. How about the toolbox? Yeah, that's the favorites. Okay. That's the favorites page. Gotcha. Yeah, it's all a right. curated directory of all of our favorite resources. Cool. All right, so tonight we have the one and only Jenny Steckler. <laughs> Jenny, how are you? I'm good. <laughs> I am. Are you my nervous? One and only self. Yeah, good. <laughs> <laughs> that was smooth. That was smooth <laughs> intro. Huh? One um, and only self. So, uh, Jenny, we've known her for a while. She, um, she's a part of our church, Foothills Christian Church, and um, she has a few, three kids and a husband, which we'll get into mm-hmm. that. And she also has... <laughs> no, no, three. Three kids. <laughs> I don't have a mystery kid. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> that we know. Of. Um, and she has a ministry um, called In the Everyday, which is like a blogging ministry, right? With mm-hmm. you and three, two of your gal friends, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll get into that. Yes. So... Anyway, yeah, we're excited to have her. A um, little background. Jenny actually is the, um, her and her husband are the people that I bought my business from, Steckler Event Company. So she is <laughs> the founder of that and passed it on to me. So yeah. <laughs> exciting. I'm sure we'll get into that too. But um, anyway, wanted to kind of get started with a few questions. Just tell us about quickly how uh, your upbringing and kind of how you came to know the Lord and a little bit about yourself. Sure. <coughs> I can do that. And not uh, so quickly. Don't feel rushed. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, take no. your time. Yeah. Okay, I will at <laughs> length in depth <laughs> share about we'll cut you. We'll cut you off if it's <laughs> a little. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I grew up here in San Diego. Uh, the three of us are here. Our church is here in East County. And um, I did not grow up in a Christian home. So grew up going to normal public school. Um, one of my younger sister's friends invited her to start going to church with her. She was in elementary school, like third grade when she started going. And they heard their mom came up to the door one week after dropping my sister off and said, if you ever want to come with us, you're more than welcome to come. Hmm. And I jumped at the chance because um, their mom always took us out to eat after (laughs) she would always take us out to lunch. And um, A lot of the time, my sister got to spend the night at their house, so I would get to spend the night too. And so growing up, um, like I said, not a Christian home, very chaotic, like a lot of um, just kind of craziness. Mm -hmm. There was my dad, there was some substance abuse, and it just wasn't like a very safe place, not a place that I wanted to spend a lot Mm -hmm. of time. And so because my dad had some issues, like mental health, substance abuse, Um, My mom took care of us. My mom provided for our family. She always worked, always, like was always working. Mm. So she often worked two or three jobs at a time, like random little things she'd pick up just to take care of us. So my mom wasn't home and my dad was kind of um, out of control. So Was he around or just like? 
You know what? He actually <laughs> was. Uh, my my parents, my mom really did not want to get a divorce. She wanted to make it work. Even, I mean, there were times when we would ask her, like, can we please leave? We This is, hmm. I, this is awful. We don't want to be here. We're really scared. This isn't safe. And she just said, I can't. Like, I, I can't. We're, we're married. So it was interesting that even though my mom at the time wasn't walking with the Lord, that was a real conviction that she had. Oh, so, wow. um, oh, were you going to ask me a question? No, it's, it's interesting that she had such conviction, even though yeah. she wasn't a Christian. Yeah. Well, I mean, she had been married, like, um, got married very young, had my oldest sister and brother and that was a really mm. abusive relationship so she divorced her first husband and i think there was a lot of shame and guilt about that that she just felt like i have to make this work mm -hmm. and my dad changed a lot from the time that they got married um to i think my mom says i mean i was probably four when my dad just changed mm. um so, I mean, I don't know how into that you want to get, mm. but it was, there was, I found out later, like recently, uh, my dad, entrepreneurship, which we'll get to, uh, my dad owned two different clothing stores and my mom had owned a business. Hmm. A lot of people in my family owned businesses. So I feel like that's kind of in my blood, which we'll probably talk a little <laughs> bit about. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it turns out that my dad was like, selling drugs mm. out of his stores and so wow. i don't at the time i don't know like when he was younger and like maybe even before i was born i don't know how much he had done but by the time that i was old enough to know what was going on it felt really crazy mm. like it wasn't a place that i wanted to be and something then, was wrong yeah, yeah and because of my dad's like mental state um he stopped working when i was probably five four or five oh, wow. like when everything kind of fell apart he lost both of his like he lost his business mm -hmm. because he just wasn't able to function so my mom was working a lot and i so all of that is like a kind of a lot of background for why even though they weren't christians my mom really mm -hmm. wanted to make it work and um so i for friends to invite us to church, it was like, yeah, I got yeah. nothing better to do. Yeah. I'll be there. <laughs> so I st we started going. They were going to a really small church in Lakeside. Um, and I don't know how they started going there, but that's where we went. Like, that's where I became a Christian. That's the church where I got um, and, and baptized. And how old were you at that time? I started going to church when I think I was nine, nine, nine yeah. ten. So by the time that I was in sixth grade, I got baptized like I was really I was committed I just mm -hmm. um yeah and was it um like Tasha and, and Amy and was everyone else um like along that uh, journey with you at that same time were they doing their own thing like was everyone all the sisters did everyone get saved at the same time and how did that kind of develop um well my younger sister is the one that my sister Amy mm -hmm. she's the one who was going to church with the friend so I we were going together um of all like there's five of us in my family of the five of us my sister and i probably have like the strongest relationship mm -hmm. with the lord my two older sisters had a time when they were mm -hmm. and now they're not really walking mm -hmm. with god now um life choices just 
I mm. think they were a little bit older, mm-hmm. like out of high school, like early 20s. And different stage of life mm-hmm. affects yeah. them differently. And like they've already gotten a taste of like the world, mm-hmm. you know, and you kind of think, wait, I can't do what I've been doing. Yeah. I can't do what I want to. Um, that can be kind yeah. of discouraging if you're old enough and you're and it's like. They're still trying to figure it out for themselves, but it just feels hard. Yeah. So as of now, it's just you and Amy, right? Only two really walking with the Lord. And my mom and my stepdad. Mm-hmm. All right. And then so when did your parents officially um, split up? Uh, my parents separated when I was in 10th grade. My older sister had um, gotten pregnant and she actually like it was kind of crazy. <laughs> she ran <laughs> away for the summer and then came back right before school started what? and she was pregnant. Oh, wow. <laughs> Can you imagine? Jeez. I mean, the heart I think now like the heartache for my mom how terrible that must have been and like just really stressful so that was right before her senior year and then she came back Hmm. and she was pregnant so when she came back it was like my dad wanted her to get rid like you can't have a baby you're in high school you need to go get an abortion and my Hmm. sister was just like no I can't do that like Hmm. that's wrong she couldn't she wasn't comfortable getting an abortion that didn't feel like an option to her and so my dad actually attacked my sister mm. and went, this is kind of crazy. Yeah. Sorry. Geez. No, no, no. <laughs> it was <laughs> tumultuous. Like, what? <laughs> What's <laughs> going to happen? Oh, my yeah. gosh. Um, so my, d- my dad attacked my sister, like physically attacked her. And we, um, he ended up getting arrested and going to prison. for a while so when he went to prison and i mean he had been in and out of jail like there had been that wasn't the first time Mm. the police had come to our house so all that you can imagine why i was like happy to Mm -hmm. go to church and i really felt like i found a family there Mm -hmm. which we can talk more about but um Mm. so i was probably 14 um and my parents so at once he was in prison my mom was like okay i think i'm done um Mm. So, and then, I mean, there was more drama in that situation, yeah. like what led my mom to finally be ready to separate from my dad was also just kind of crazy, mm. just some relationship stuff that mm. out of respect for my mom, I don't, yeah. I don't really feel like I need to get mm-hmm. into, no. but, um, yeah. then I think probably three years later, two, three years later, my mom actually, um, was like we were just we kind of hounded her like mom you need to go to church you Mm -hmm. should you should be coming to church and at the time she was dating my stepdad he he wasn't my stepdad yet so they were it was just like well if we go to church will you get off our back and we were like okay (laughs) so they came to church with us like four weeks in a row for probably just a month and at the end of probably their fourth service there they both went forward and accepted the lord wow and their relationship changed Mm -hmm. a lot my stepdad's wonderful he's like a gift to our family i really love him um but you know i mean they weren't really walking with god and my mom hadn't felt loved in a long time and so there were just some elements like as a young christian who's just like so naive and thinks that everything's like just really simple and black and white and i'm like mom that's wrong you shouldn't be doing this or you shouldn't be doing that 
like I had zero consideration for her life or her experiences. So I look back now and I feel like I was so disrespectful and really like bratty to her. But I also am like, well, I'm glad I bothered her enough to get her to come to church. (laughs) So even to that end. Accounted for something. (laughs) Yeah. God's grace, you know, covered that. And there's been a lot of healing in like different relationships. Um, So my my mom and my stepdad, I call them my parents, have faithfully been walking with the Lord ever since. So um, and then my dad, after he got out of prison, he was just couldn't pull it together and was homeless for several years and didn't want a relationship with my sisters and I. And I think that a lot of that was because he was ashamed Hmm. and you don't really want your kids to see you in that state. And so when I was 23 or 24, my dad actually had died. He Hmm. had a stroke and died alone in a homeless shelter. So, which is just tragic because he actually was, Oh, I'm okay now. <laughs> yeah. But still, I mean, yeah. that's, so, that's so hard to, to deal with. It was. But you know what? Even in that experience, like a month, I hadn't had any communication with my dad for probably six or seven years. Hmm. And so uh, probably a month before he died, I started having dreams about him. And it was like the Lord was preparing me and helping me to process and already like grieve a relationship that we didn't have. Hmm. And then when it, it uh, then when we got the phone call that he had passed away, it was like his probation officer like called my mom. Then my mom called to tell me that's how we found out. Otherwise, we wouldn't have ever yeah. known. We would right, have just yeah. wondered. But it was like it was pretty crazy. Just God's hand in that like he was so gracious to me in that he allowed me to begin to process that Mm -hmm. so that when the time came to like really accept like we haven't had this relationship and we'll never have this relationship I was like ready to go there Mm -hmm. and it took me that whole month I didn't understand why it was the weirdest thing Mm -hmm. but and sometimes we get that and sometimes you know in hard things we don't there have been plenty of other things that I've been completely blindsided by, but um, in that situation, God was really good to me. Hmm. So, well, that's crazy because I I knew you had um, like a pretty uh, difficult and interesting like upbringing, but I didn't know like all that. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's a lot. Cra- yeah, it's a lot. Um, that would be the Lord because yeah. I'm not like totally <laughs> crazy. <laughs> well, a little bit. Not, not totally hey. crazy. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> um, I want to know like, okay, so how did your faith develop? So um, came to the Lord, you said you were nine, right? Is that what you said? Nine was when? Yeah, was like 11. nine or ten. Um, and then, so that's kind of the background of your family and how that progressed. But for you, like throughout high school and then on the college and getting married, how um, how did your faith like develop? And I, I've, I've been reading a lot of your a lot of your posts um, on in the everyday and you've been mentioning a lot of um like tragic or like difficult um situations you've been in when you were younger and how you like learned certain stuff from that so i kind of mm-hmm. want to know about that intertwined with like your faith and how how all that developed um well, kind of a broad question i know sure <laughs> yeah i mean so like i had kind of mentioned a lot of things in my family really came to a head during high school mm-hmm. and so there was a, a lot of tears a lot of pain and um 
I, it was like a time in my life where I had to decide, is this really real? Do I really believe this? Because if I do, then that means I can trust God, even though I don't understand why I don't understand the way, you know, when you're 14 or 15, you're like, Lord, I'll do anything. I'll go anywhere. Um, but then in the same breath, you're like, Lord, give me everything I want. <laughs> like yeah. you just, it's immaturity, but God was really good. I mean, that was foundational for my faith. So, I mean, in high school, I just was deciding for mm. myself. I really had to like, regardless of what I see, is God still good? Mm-hmm. And is he, do I believe that he's good to me? Which is what he says. Even if I don't see it, do I believe that he's working in my life, even if it doesn't feel like it? Mm. All of these questions that all of us have to ask, we all have to face them. That was the most of that happened for me pretty young when mm-hmm. I was in high school. So um, in high school, I, of some, my sister and I were going to a small group, a high school girls small group. We're pretty close in age, mm-hmm. we're, but we're two grades apart. Um so we were going to a small group and it was like, as, as I was getting older, our small group needed a leader and my younger sister was like, Hey, I'm thinking about being a leader. Do you want to do it too? And I was like, sure. <laughs> I never would have, I mean, I, I, I was pretty afraid of getting in trouble. Like naturally some stuff with my family, like I'm a pleaser. I want to be good. I, I like, that's how I have in my whole life and in my faith, like struggled to gain acceptance and to feel loved as if I'm approved. So like I'm a very performance driven, like I have been in my faith. So I was never like bad. I never got into trouble that did like I was too afraid. Hmm. I was too afraid of disappointing. I don't know, somebody and like too afraid of, I guess, being more than anything, like getting in trouble and getting caught. And I didn't even know what that would look like, but I didn't want to know. It just really didn't appeal to me. So um, I I thought, I mean, I guess I'm well behaved, but I never really thought of myself as a leader. And so my sister was like, well, hey, you know, I, I'm going to do it. I can be a leader. So <laughs> I just thought, sure, why not? Like I just tried it. And so we led a high school small group together. And then after I graduated, um, started going to school just like at the local community college and then transferred to a state school. Um, but I like had a lot of time cause you go from, you know, going to school every day to just like two days a week. And you're like, this is awesome. I'm working part time and going to school Mm -hmm. some and so I just had more time and so I started the first thing I started doing that was like a ministry that I chose to do was um an after school bible club for middle school aged kids we call you guys know higher ground club but for anybody who doesn't go to our church um I just started doing that and then picked up a shift at a teen center and then I like I just started doing stuff because I wanted to like it was a response to my faith so it went from like sure I'll try it to hey like I'm serving in this honors God and this makes this fills that performance need like I'm feeling really good about myself I must be a good Christian because I'm really busy with 
ministry, which I've kind of heard you guys talk about a little bit like a full-time ministry, just like <laughs> there's a definitely a culture in our church and like young adults to do a lot. And right. I think it's easy to get caught up in that because that's what everyone's doing. But I mean, there are definitely worse like peer pressure things to get <laughs> caught up in. So it was a good place to learn and grow in my faith. And then I actually ended up working in the youth department. Like then they did start paying me. Yeah, <laughs> made the big bucks. I, they're <laughs> like, you're here so much. We'll give you more stuff to do. Yeah. <laughs> so then I worked, I mean, off and on it at the church over like 11 years. Mm -hmm. years like I'd leave after I graduated college I went and got like a full-time job then I came back then I was like working at a church you don't really make any money (laughs) I need to like support because after I graduated from college my mom was like you should probably live on your own Mm -hmm. I think that'd be good for you Mm -hmm. I was like I'm planning on living here forever (laughs) till I get married and she was like no that's not that's not good like that's Mm -hmm. not the right thing for you if you want to be an adult, you have to be an adult. Mm-hmm. So and looking back now, I'm glad she did that. But I didn't at the time. I thought you're kicking me out, mom. My, my like, perfect life is ruined. Like <laughs> I can't spend all of the money that yeah. I earn at my part time job. Well, by then I was like mm. getting a full time job. Yeah. But it's like I can't just spend all my money on myself. <laughs> <laughs> so but that was good. I mean, I needed to yeah. grow up. So my faith by then you know by the time that i'm in my early 20s graduated Mm -hmm. from college and like i'm starting to live my life completely on my own and independent even of my parents by then my faith was my own Mm -hmm. like i was pretty grounded and like i said in those more difficult years the lord had really like built like i had a foundation Mm -hmm. in my faith yeah, I like what you said about um, like a lot of what you did, like ministry wise or just kind of like attending church and like basically doing what's good and what's right. You said like because you wanted to, like you saw that and you chose it. And I think that's I think that's good. You know, me and Corey come from our, our backgrounds a little more different. Right. We we came from that being like what was normal. Like everyone was doing that. And that was mm-hmm. kind of just what we kind of fell into naturally. But I like your perspective is different. It's that you came from a much um, a much more harder more difficult of a background and then you chose this for yourself and i think that's i think that's good and i doubt a lot yeah <laughs> I, I feel like everyone comes at least to a place where it becomes like it goes out of like either a need or an obligation and it turns into like a want and a desire to do something mm-hmm. and i was just reading and uh i've been reading through c.s lewis's um mere christianity for the first time which i don't know how that's the first time that i'm reading it ever but um he talks about i mean one of the later chapters where he talks about love and about what he calls charity and mm-hmm. how love is not a feeling. And he's sort of like dispelling these myths about what love is. And, and he talks about how love is an act and in love is completed when you do something, but it's still like you can't do it out of obligation or out mm-hmm. of guilt or out of, um, you know, convenience because that's what everyone else is doing. It has to be out of a want and a desire. And um, that's always like a funny like thing to balance when you're a Christian and you're serving and you're working and, Am I doing that? Like, am I going to church because I want to be here? Or am I going to church because if I don't, then someone's going to wonder where I was or because Mm -hmm. I should go, you know, quote unquote. So, yeah. And I think that like want and desire uh, for, I think when someone like who grows up in a Christian home, like that want and desire uh, comes like later on in life. Like once you are on your own, you kind of experience a bit of life. But for you, it came, you know, much earlier because of where you came from. And I think that's, that's good. I like it. Yeah. Well, and you know, another thing, 
just to kind of, which I kind of touched on very briefly, but like the church really did become a family mm-hmm. to me. Yeah, I mean, my parents, like I've worked things out with my mom and I have a better relationship with her now. But like when I needed someone to talk to, I went to someone at the church. Like mm-hmm. my high school small group mm-hmm. leader was, sh- I mean, she made herself really available to my sister and I because we started leading in the midst of like a lot of crisis in our family and in our life. And they still like let us do that. And she was very patient Mm. with us and with me. And I felt really loved by her. And she actually ended up being my mother-in-law, my uh, high school small group. Really? I was going to ask who it was. I didn't, I mean, I could not have imagined that at the time. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I was going to ask you what was that sounds like. Yeah, my mother-in-law, that's really which is funny. pretty cool. Well, that's so crazy because then you've already have like this really close relationship with her. And yeah. now it's like, great, now you're my mom. <laughs> this mm-hmm. is easy. So, uh well, the next question was wanted to know like how you um how you got married and kind of how that's how that developed, but so when you were younger though, like was Weston like around and was that was that kind of like in the background or or no? You know what? Um Weston and I, Weston's my husband, you probably figured out. <laughs> shout, shout out to Weston. <laughs> yeah. Corey loves his shout outs, Jenny. So, yeah. so shout out yeah, to shout Westy. Shout out to Weston. Westy. That's what I call him. <laughs> Sorry, Weston. Shout out to Westy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, so, okay. Weston and I, I'm really thankful for this. We were friends. Like, so... Most of my memories from high school, like I actually was pretty involved at school. Um, Like I kind of I got this taste for leadership and I kind of applied it to like high school, like um, ASB and stuff like that. Like it was fun to me to be involved. And again, happy to not be home. But most of my memories from high school are actually with my church friends like that's who I spent my weekends with that's who I spent my time with and you know we have like high school small group like with your like same gender group guys and girls but then we also had like the big group all high school students so it was like I'm spending a lot of time outside of school with these kids from church so that really became like my group of friends the friends that had invited us to church we continued to, I mean, we like were neighbors. We went to the same elementary school. So we did go to the same high school. Like we continued to go to school together, but the little group of us, like our real after school, like friend friends were outside of school at church. So, um, I spent a lot of time just doing fun stuff with Weston, my husband. Um, there was a group of us probably, I don't know, eight to 10 of us that would just get together like Friday night, Saturday night, go to like do junior high group at church. Mm -hmm. Like it's on Friday nights. And that was like the thing to do (laughs) (laughs) in your free time in like college age. And then you just stand in the parking lot forever, like (laughs) way too late. So we, I know that game. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, what are we going to do? Do you want to go get something to eat? And it's 1130 and you're like, Okay, I'm just going to go home. I'm cold. (laughs) And why am I still out here? So we actually dated when we were like 19. We dated for a year and I was not in a good place. Like I was, I still had a lot of stuff to work through. I'm a big advocate for like counseling if you Mm -hmm. need it. (laughs) And like talking to someone about your issues. There's Mm -hmm. some stuff that's just bigger than us that we need help 
like someone to walk alongside us to work through it. So at like 19, I have all this stuff and confusion and a lot of hurt. And I was not healthy in a relationship. So I broke up with him, not really because he even did anything wrong. I just couldn't, like I didn't know what to do. And I had more stuff to work out. So we dated for a year, then we broke up. And he vowed to never, ever date me again, which I don't blame him. <laughs> like to your face or just like in um, internally? That's a really he, serious yeah. statement. Not to my face, but he made it known. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah, so, um, which, like I said, I don't blame him. I, I could have done it a lot better, but in my own, like, hurt, I, I was really hurtful. You know, there's that saying, hurt people hurt people. Yeah. And I did, because I was really hurt. So... Um, we kind of went through like our early twenties and we were 25, 26 and we started dating again. Hmm. And when we like, wow. So like four years, five years, it was Longer, like five yeah. or Jeez. six years. Holy yeah. God. So we were like around and both got to a place where we were okay to be around each other. Like continued to go to the same home group, which I'm sure was fun him <laughs> i was just kind of like oh whatever i'm just here i don't know it i don't remember that really being a big issue like we kind of moved on but we c both have gone to the same church forever i mean i started so i started coming to foothills when i was probably 11 and he had been coming there since he was seven or eight. Oh, right. Yeah. so we were around like we learned which i think is really good even when like I've had my own issues working within the church, like coming from an unhealthy place. You know, you can get hurt when you're just doing a lot of stuff and you feel kind of used up. And Weston's had his own experiences, but we've both just learned you don't leave just because it's hard. Hmm. Like we both have been at this same church for better or worse. Like we're both committed and we're here. So that was how we were even like after we'd broken up and you know enough time passes and things don't really feel weird so um yeah i mean we just were around each other more and when he told me that he was interested in me again it was like okay this is it like this is what we're doing i knew that we were going to get married when he told me <laughs> like i really would like to start pursuing a relationship with you again i was like Okay, yeah, that makes sense to me. I already knew a lot about him, obviously, because we'd been friends for a long time. And then we did date. I wasn't yeah. like, how would you handle conflict? Like, I already knew that. <laughs> so, yeah, then we dated for a few years. And then we got married. <laughs> and like a three-month <laughs> engagement, right? It was Yeah, it was we quick. once we got engaged, it was like game on let's do this yeah, let's go. yeah. <laughs> i mean we no were time. both 28 it, we weren't yeah. like yeah. it was like and we'd been dating for a few years we yeah. just knew we had worked it through a lot of stuff and like really had seen the best and the worst of each other and so once we made that commitment it was like yeah why would we wait um we kept things simple tried not to spend a lot of money and i'm a person that's like okay i don't want to i don't need to like go back and rethink a decision. It's easy for me just to like get like move on. Yeah, check, check, check. On, yeah. Hmm. yeah. Picked a place, got some food. <coughs> we're good. Like why wait? Mm -hmm. I didn't feel yeah. the need to. And he didn't either. Well that's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so part of the reason why we wanted to bring you on and 
Well, it's because I feel like if we're just talking to guys, then we're like missing half the story. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. behind every great man is a great woman. And so um, part of the reason why I wanted to bring you on is to get some of that perspective of like, I mean, what was it like, um, like wanting to get married to a man, like dating Wes and like, what was it that really like locked it in for you? I mean, was there anything like, I don't know, spectacular? Like what are the things essentially that you were so sure about Weston that you knew like was going to make it for a great marriage? Um, well, like I had said, you know, one thing that I had already seen about him is that even when things were hard, he didn't leave. Like there was probably a time when it would have been easier for him just to like go to a different church. Like, well, I don't need Mm. this. I don't need to be here. This is hard, you know, Mm. because when you're in a family where everyone knows everyone, everyone, and they know everyone's stuff. stuff. Um, I, I just think that I saw how my husband handled that even before we started dating. And I really respected that about him. Like, okay, he won't quit. He sticks with it. And I knew that he was really responsible. Like when everyone else, like a lot of times after college group or after something, everyone would go out to eat and everyone would be like ordering a lot of food and just like spending money without thinking and I did that too. He would just order like something small. Like I knew that he had a full-time job. I knew that he was saving to buy a house. Yeah. I knew that um, he like went to work every day when a lot of other people our age weren't. Like I had a full-time job because I was graduated from college, but there were other people that it was like, man, you're still in school. Like we all graduated Mm. from high school a long time ago. Like, you just see a lot of people, uh, well, sorry, I saw a lot of guys floating through their 20s and just kind of like staying up late and hanging out and just all about like fun. And my husband's really fun. He's really funny and he's up for anything. I really like that about him. Like if people are doing stuff, he's like, yeah, I'll do that. I'll make time for that. I'll make time for my friends. He makes time for the people that are important to him. But, um... He, uh, it was like when everyone else was just kind of floating through life, I could see looking around that he knew what he was doing and he knew where he was going. And when my husband, you know, made mistakes, like everybody makes mistakes. I saw how he handled that. He was repentant and told on himself and like did the right thing, took steps to make things right. And I thought, man, that's what I want. I don't need someone who's funny. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, he is funny. But not like he, a go- like the you know the class clown sort of, you know, I don't know, at the bars making everyone laugh. Like the most popular is that sort of like the stereotype that you're thinking of? Yeah, like I, I've I've heard a lot of girls say that when I was younger. It was things like like I want someone who makes me laugh. I'm like, well, he does make <laughs> me laugh, but he also isn't going to make me cry when yeah. our like lights get turned off. You know, like my husband is responsible, and that spoke volumes to me I thought like yeah this is someone that I could partner with in my life in comparison like in my early 20s I had dated like a few guys that were like worked at the church you know more involved in ministry but were really irresponsible like I just Mm. thought what are you what are you doing yeah yeah sorry what are you what like that worried me and I have a pretty strong personality I had a very 
strong, hardworking mom. And so, I mean, I think she really raised us to be that way naturally. Like I don't, I'm just like, everyone needs to pull their own weight. Everybody needs to work. And so I saw that in my husband and it was, I really, really liked it. And he does happen to be funny and handsome. (laughs) That doesn't hurt, but yeah. Yeah, no, that's good because I mean, our, like sort of our mission and like the thing that we want to sort of inspire is to fight against a lot. I mean, the, the world and like conventional sort of way, like you said, is to sort of float a little bit and to Mm -hmm. live your life and figure it out later. And, um, and you know, just kind of, uh, when you're single, live it up like you're single. Mm -hmm. And, but then like the reality is if you live it up like you're single, you're never going to be married. You know what I mean? Like if you just keep living that kind of lifestyle and, um, and so there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of influence today in the way that even Christian men live is that they see the way that other people are outliving and, you know, maybe they're still living with their parents, which again, there's nothing like wrong with that, but, um, they don't have, they're not very driven or career aspirational or they're not, you know, saving. In other words, they're lacking a lot of vision and it's like, yeah, well, no wonder, you know, you're not married or you're, there's no one in sight or no wonder like you're not where you want to be because they're not living the way that, uh, a wife would want you to live. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. it, it always like one of my favorite quotes from Dan. Well, we talk about Dan so much. <laughs> it's a good thing. He's man. one of our, our, one of our patrons, but, um, he, he always talks about be the person, the person you're looking for is looking for. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so like I said, Weston was just, he was the person that you were looking for. And so mm-hmm. no wonder it, you know, worked out for you guys mm-hmm. when it did because you had it set up. Yeah. Yeah, he did. And he was doing it for himself. He wasn't doing it like, look, I have it together for six months so you can be impressed. That's just who he was. And I'm thankful for his parents. You know, they really taught all three of their sons to work hard. And um, yeah. Yeah, I have a lot of respect for Weston. I like him a lot. I've I've got to spend um, like a a little bit of time with him. But he uh, one thing I like about him was even like before I've got to to got to get to know him a little bit he um i feel like he has like a he, he's quiet and he um kind of to a sense keeps to himself but i just feel like what the life he lives and his integrity is on display it's kind of how i felt like um before getting to know him just like everything i learned about him i feel like i already knew in a sense like he um is re- a respectable man and i think that uh i admire that i think that's really cool <coughs> yeah. yeah i think so too i mean i think that that's true a lot of people especially a lot a lot of christians it's really easy like you know what to say you know what to do like we were talking about ministry it's like really easy to do it because you should but it's like who are you at home who Mm -hmm. are you when nobody's looking and Mm -hmm. like you're saying that quote like be the person that you're looking for would be looking for Mm -hmm. and i think that that's kind of missed like at least you know i've been in the same church the whole time so I mean maybe I have a little bit of a skewed view but what I see a lot like what I did see with the the guys that I was working with at the church I was like looking around like they wouldn't show up Mm. like it was like okay I did enough bye or Mm. like one time I did hear somebody say I don't get paid to do that and I thought maybe you don't understand this Mm. place (laughs) This is a church. <laughs> Most of You're us missing are missing it, buddy. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> like there, there are some boundary issues that can get kind of blurred when you're working at a church, but mm. it was like the heart of like, nah, I've mm. done enough. Um, 
but I think that, you know, you just touched on something that I know maybe we'll get to it a little bit more later, but like young guys be. Say it, um, Jenny. Um, like <laughs> Don't hold I back. Don't all, punches. <laughs> I mean, we all know what a man's supposed to be, mm-hmm. but yet so many guys want to like, what am I trying to say? I think that we live in this culture that like everybody wants to be somebody. Everybody wants to like be known for something. Social media has created a lot of confusion. Like what has value and what's important. Like I've been thinking about this idea of an influencer. Like an influencer is someone who tells you what to buy or where you should go on your next vacation. Like that's such a funny concept. Like being like for a man to be influential is like you were saying about my husband. Like he doesn't tell you how hardworking he is. Mm -hmm. You just see that he gets stuff done. Mm. And when he tells you he's going to do something, Mm -hmm. my husband will do it. Mm -hmm. Even when he's like, God, why did I say? No matter the cost, he'll do it. Yeah. Even if I'm like, why did you say (laughs) he would do that? (laughs) I'm never, I will never Mm. tell my husband, just blow it off Mm. because I wouldn't want, I don't need a man like that. I need a man and my sons need a dad Mm. who's always going to do what he said he's going to do. So when everyone else is trying to be something like, or be seen as something, guys, be what you know is right. Mm. Even if nobody is watching, nobody knows, the Lord knows. Mm. And the Bible talks a lot about that. Like the hidden person (coughs) of the heart leading a simple, quiet life being hardworking. If you don't work, you don't eat. Like all these things that are, I mean, I would think are givens. I don't know that they are for a lot of younger adults. Yeah. I'm glad you said that. So there's two, um, two uh, well, I, I would say three things that I feel like Weston um, like really taught. I mean, I, the stuff I already knew, but I'm not sure why like it, it clicked so well when I, I watched him do a few things and it kind of like clicked in my mind. And one of them was um, we were at Lowe's and we were picking out wood for, to make some tables. Mm-hmm. And um, when you're picking out wood, like they're on these big racks and there's like, you know, probably three, four hundred pieces. And you have to uh, go through mold to find um, the, the highest quality pieces of wood. And we're going through them and we like emptied a whole rack. And mm-hmm. we probably had like honestly like 200 pieces of like heavy two by six, you know, redwood. It's heavy. Right. And so we made a big mess. And most people just leave it there. And um, we, like, go through it all and load up our little, like, um, dolly. And I kind of thought we are going to move on. And Weston's <laughs> like, come on, let's, let's put it all back. And I was like, oh. And he was like. Girl, what? And Don't they and have and people a, here to do and that? And, again, like, <laughs> like, basic, right? Basic concept, like, you know, like, leave the place, you know, the same way you found it, right? That that concept. And he kind of, uh, basically what he said was, like, yeah, I, I like to just basically, like, make these guys' jobs easier. And we put it all back, like, very neat and, and clean. And I'm not sure why, like, again, it's very basic. Like, my dad taught me that as well. But it just clicked. And we were in a hurry. And, like, we had a lot to do. And no, no matter what, like, we put it back the right way. And I thought that was – that just stuck with me for some reason about Weston. And then that same day, we were at your house. And we were working on some tables. And we could hear – I think it was all over uh, inside, like, screaming. One of the kids was, like, yelling. <laughs> and uh, it went on for about five minutes. And finally, he, like, puts his tools down. He's like – um, he's like, I'm gonna go help my wife. He's like, oftentimes he's like, when dad walks in there, the kids obey. And he like walked in there and like did what he did and came back and it was a like, quiet. And I just thought <laughs> that was like, interesting. Like again, like basic concept, right? We we know that you know when oftentimes when house gets crazy and the moms you know trying to tell t- kids what to do, um, they have a different fear or respect for for dad, right? The big big bad uh, dad. 
but I just thought that was interesting. Like he, he came in there, like handled business and then went back to doing his work, went back to mm-hmm. um, producing. And I saw it. Um, I, I've really, that sat with me a lot. And I, I, again, like small fans like that, where he just, he just acts and he does it and makes it happen. Um, it really caused my respect for him to like, go deeper, you know? Hmm. That actually makes me think, I've heard a lot of guys say, <laughs> oh, I had to babysit my kids. <laughs> like, oh, my wife is going to do something. So I've got to watch the kids. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not watching someone's kids. They're your kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not babies. Yeah. Your but wife's not going to pay you. Yeah. Yeah. It is, but you know what? I hear it a lot. So yeah. that is one thing, you know, like when you look at the biblical example of a family, it's to, like it's not so much that a woman is, oh, I mean, I feel really strongly about this because I personally really like to work. Mm-hmm. So I thought a lot about this. <laughs> and I've like to <laughs> done a lot of like soul searching and reading like I want to make sure that I'm operating out of the right place as a woman who likes to work Mm -hmm. and has kids I'm responsible to my family and to my kids Um, but in a way that is different than my husband sure but at the same time like the biblical model is you um, I have to give credit uh, in Ashanti Feldhan I feel like I cannot say her last name right in a study that she has called fine balance. It's talking about that. Like, what does the Bible say? What Mm -hmm. is biblical womanhood? But Mm. she, she's talking about how, um, the biblical model is working like a man and a woman, husband, and wife working together in a home and raising your children together. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that it's so easy for a lot of guys to think, I don't want to harp on guys. I really, I value, I really do. I'm not, I'm just saying like observations. And I think that there's a lot of great men that are doing this, which I'm really thankful for. But, um, I think that our culture, like just kind of paints men as like, Oh, you just go to work and then you come home and you sit in your chair and you don't Mm -hmm. like the kids are the wife's problem. And that's not like the biblical model at all. And I think that a lot of, good God-fearing men are raising their children. Like we're raising future men. Mm -hmm. That's who, who, I mean, we have two sons and one girl and my husband takes that very seriously. Like he is very concerned with the people that our kids are becoming. Mm. And I really appreciate that because sometimes I'm like, I'm just concerned with surviving (laughs) (laughs) because you're making me crazy. (laughs) But he comes in and he, he could yell. I mean, sometimes he'll kind of get their attention like, hey. And then they'll stop mm-hmm. freaking out and look at him. And then he just, he gets down on their level and he talks to them. Mm-hmm. I was going to say that. That's what, that's what I observed as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Continue though. Sorry. <coughs> no. Well, that's all I had to say yeah. about that. Yeah. No, that, that is fascinating because um, I feel like there's a lot of things where like it, you wouldn't you wouldn't really realize or recognize maybe in yourself like I'm doing something because I've sort of subtly picked this up from other people or just this is maybe my conception of like how this is supposed to be. Like I have to babysit the kids or I don't, this isn't my job or, you know, this is something my wife should do. Um, but you, you like, you have to check yourself. And like, I, I mean, I wonder how many people, it, it's funny, like you mentioned, like I, I've read up on this and I've studied mm-hmm. this because how many people really would go through the trouble of like, am I living the right way is like, is this the biblical lip model of mm-hmm. the way that this should be done or the way that we should parent or would they just kind of like live in ignorance? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. you don't know what you don't know and Oh, well, I'm just going to do my the best I can and sort of see how it works out. Um, 
or wait for someone to tell you that it's wrong or that you should do something different and then change. But I'm not going to change or think any differently until I do, until someone says something, you know what I mean? Um, but like, I mean that, that big one, that one, like you mentioned the babysitting your kids, quote unquote, like that's, I never would even thought about that. You know what I mean? It's just, it's <laughs> funny that you, that you thought of, that you said that. Well, when you get there, you might be yeah. like, yeah, <laughs> do I have to? I mean, some days Yeah. I love my kids, but yeah, sometimes I'm like, okay, bye. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> have fun with dad. Your turn to babysit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mom's out. Yeah. Off the clock. <laughs> just kidding. Um, so, well, let's get into, um, the business you started. So I wanted to ask, um, so you, in that time you saw an opportunity, right? You, um, you saw something and you went after it and you created it and started from nothing. So kind of tell us about that and kind of the how and the why. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. Okay. Um, I will start by saying, I do think that everything that we did is completely repeatable. Mm-hmm. Nothing crazy, complicated, a lot of hard work. Mm-hmm. But I think if you're willing to do that, anyone could start a business. Mm -hmm. I think that there are some parts of starting a business or like, you know, some elements of a business that if you feel kind of out of your depth, you should definitely ask for help. You know, bring in somebody to make sure like you're not going to be hit with some huge financial surprise, you know, taxes or whatever. Um, You want to do everything on the up and up. And if you don't know if you're doing that for sure, like talk to somebody. There's so many people who I think are more than happy to help anyone who's interested in starting a business because they're so excited to see that passion like and drive in someone younger. Just starting with that. So when my husband and I got married, um, I was working at the church again. (laughs) And I I mean, it was always um, something that I knew. So it was almost like a little bit of a frustration, like through my 20s, like I knew that I wanted to be home with my kids. So I didn't really know like where I should work or what I should be doing. I like I need a goal. I need something to work towards. And Mm. so that actually was kind of a struggle for me. knowing that my heart's desire was to make my family a priority and that was the same fortunately for my husband too it was like whatever it takes we're going to make this work um so that i could be home with our kids so um one thing that we thought we could do was i was already um which keep this in mind i looked around from what I was already doing and the things that I already knew about. So I was just doing like wedding coordination on the side because I liked it. I started by helping a friend, like kind of got thrown into it. Like, hey, could you help at our wedding? And then it was like, okay, (laughs) this is all like the week of I realized, oh man, this is, I'm not just like putting up some decorations. I'm like it all day, but I I really liked it. And there was something really satisfying about like seeing everything work. And at the end of the day, being like, all right, I really helped make this big, huge day in someone's life happen. So I kind of fell into wedding coordinating, you know, doing it for other friends, then starting to be referred to people that I didn't know. And so one thing that I saw, I was looking around and I real, I, I, what I was hearing a lot of was farm tables. There was like one or two companies in San Diego that offered farm tables. At the time, no one really did. There weren't very many options. So my husband and I were like, why don't we build some? Like we just thought, 
what is something that we could do? Actually, I'll back up. The first thing we did was I was coordinating someone's wedding and they needed market lighting because their wedding was in someone's backyard. And so they said, do you know where we could get some lights? And I said, oh, I have lights you could rent. And, and <laughs> you didn't? <laughs> no, but I had seen, like, yes, I, yeah. I had an idea of, like, how you could set up lights. And that first setup was hmm. so sketchy, close to a pool, which is awful. <laughs> it was really, really scary. And I was coordinating, and the whole time I was, like, sweating, really <laughs> nervous. I and those, those lights. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, the stands yeah. that we had were not the stands that we then had later. It was, like, really janky. Um, but I told her, like, yeah we i have lights that you could rent and i went home that day and i ordered lights <laughs> so what she paid awesome. for that first wedding is what we like used to pay for those lights mm. so it was like you know a couple people heard we had them most people at church just wanted to borrow them <laughs> but it was like this is how much they cost to rent mm -hmm. so we just rented them out a few times that first like year. It wasn't even really like a business, mm -hmm. but we were, we knew that we wanted me to be home with our kids, but, um, my husband's job living in Southern California, it's not easy just to live on one income. So it was like, what could we do? Well, you know, I've heard people asking about farm tables. That was something that I just heard. I was aware of a need around me. And so we took advantage of that. So we just decided to start by building one. <laughs> like, let's figure out a way to build a table that would be like big and sturdy, but also could be like taken apart to be transported because you can't transport them when they're whole. You know, Jeremy. And carrying them is <laughs> so fun. So um, the beast, as we call it, is still say, on the truck. Yeah. No, no, no. That one's in the very back of the stack. Yeah, yeah. Like desperate times. Yeah, we, <laughs> yeah. we don't touch that one. Because we made that one out of a different kind of wood, and it was way too Super heavy. Super heavy. Okay, the beast. Yeah. We call it the beast. <laughs> yeah. So we were like, okay, my husband, being a web designer, like mapped it all out like, um, and figured out how, how to do it and how much wood and like has zero waste, mm -hmm. like next to no waste, like uses every little bit of every piece of wood. So we were like, let's start. We're willing to risk what it would cost for us to lose like the price for wood for 10 tables. Mm -hmm. Let's just build 10. So, um, you know, we never, we were very adamant about like never having debt we never wanted to like lose anything, especially because we were thinking about starting a family. Like you don't want to get yourself in the red. Mm -hmm. So it was something that we could do and all it would cost us was some time. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, some money, it costs money to buy all the wood, of course. So it was like, we had this huge pile of wood and we just started doing it. Mm -hmm. Then shortly after I found out I actually was pregnant. Oh, so well. we were out there <laughs> like, I'm like, pregnant we're doing all this stuff and so a friend of mine had a, a flower shop and she let us put a table there to show her clients to like help get us started fortunately weston's a web designer mm -hmm. so he whipped up a site mm -hmm. and there weren't a lot of farm table companies so it was like people google farm table san diego mm -hmm. it was really easy to find us mm -hmm. fortunately um so we just started and the first order that we got that was more than 10 tables we were like yeah we have that 
and we use their deposit to buy the wood to build more tables. Mm. Um, and that's just how we did it. So yeah. we told ourselves if we could do one event a month, that would be enough to like sustain us. So, mm. I mean, so cool. Yeah, that was our goal yeah. was one a month. So the <laughs> first year, I think like our first full year, we had done 50 events and it was like, dang. oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. That's like one a week though. It was like, yeah. And I mean, the season's only like eight or nine months. Mm, right. So there were some weeks where we had more than one. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it was like, I was out there like pregnant. I was out there with a baby strapped to me. Like we just did it. Yeah, Wes was telling me. <laughs> cool. It was, I like, people were very nervous. Mm. Like, is your water going to break right here? <laughs> like one of our first jobs, that I you was. You were pregnant doing jobs? Yeah. Wow. One of our first jobs, it was like 15 tables and all these lights and I was nine months pregnant. <laughs> oh my God. I had the, I had Oliver the next How week. did you even reach the table? I mean, I feel like <laughs> Actually, you, know, you should be impressed. Yeah. I had to like hold him way far out. And, oh my yeah. Gosh. So like I had to, on, it yeah, couldn't nice push on my <laughs> stomach. So it was like, <laughs> Weston, do you see how strong I am? For real. Um, but the more, that's yeah. another thing about a business is the more you like you just do it and you build your muscle like yeah. you s i we mm. found out what we were capable of and that was something like i didn't like i said entrepreneur entrepreneurship funny word was like in my family like my mom had started a business <coughs> my dad had businesses like a lot of one of my actually two of my sisters have gone on to like start businesses it's just like Something that I was aware of, but I did not know how hard that was. Like, mm. um, you guys were talking last week, whenever this airs, I don't know, but you were talking in this last episode about like when to quit and like talking about the dips and stuff. And I'm like, there's this concept in business, like the trough of sorrow. Yeah. I heard it yep. a lot. <laughs> and it was like, I would just be like, because I feel like I have so many thoughts about us starting a business because we started a business at the worst time. Mm. Like, hey, why don't you start a business when you're having young children really yeah. close together? <laughs> Great idea. Like overwhelmed by everything. Mm -hmm. And in the end that there we got to a point where that was like not the right thing for our family anymore. And the timing was right for Jeremy. Worked out. It really <laughs> it the way that our business like was handed off is like a whole separate yeah. story just how easy it was mm -hmm. it was god's yeah. handiwork it was unbelievable i mean i tell people and i'm like oh yeah i just had a conversation <laughs> then they bought yeah. it like didn't go through <laughs> yeah. broker nothing yeah. but i mean the lord taught us what we needed to learn and when it was time to quit it was really yeah. easy <coughs> it made sense for us yeah and it felt like quitting, like it felt wrong. And it, because, you know, a lot of our identity was wrapped mm -hmm. up in it. Like you build this thing and it's yeah. like our other baby. Yeah. So then we bit the bullet and quit. But, oh, well, I guess I should back up a little bit. So we just started like by using the money from the business to put back put into back the in. business. So we always, we only took out what we needed and then we would, um, put the rest back into the business. And I'm glad we did that. Mm -hmm. We were able to get it somewhere where we had something mm -hmm. to sell. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, it's, it's crazy to think about that. Like, so you said you were, the goal was uh, one event a month, right? Mm -hmm. And then you guys did uh, 50 events yeah. in a year. And then, I mean, it just grew and grew and grew. Mm -hmm. It's just crazy. Like uh, next weekend we have seven events in one weekend, oh right? So gosh. just like crazy, like to think like, that was only what, three or four years ago. And then kind of where it's at now. Yeah. Um, 
That yeah. sounds like a nightmare. Yeah, I mean, we would, fun. we as a young family, mm-hmm. we just were okay with not doing that. Mm-hmm. Like we would just turn stuff away. We would say two, three events max. Sometimes, mm. like, I think just a few times we did five events in a weekend and it felt, for us, that wasn't right. Like, because we had young kids yeah. and I was running the business from home with my kids. So mm-hmm. my goal was to never work more than 10 hours a week, mm-hmm. which was really challenging. Because mm-hmm. how do you turn that off? Yeah. And I like working. Yeah. So it was like, I'd set goals for the business and then like be really frustrated. I guess that's one thing I can't say. Having a business, like... Okay, when you have kids, you're like, I want to be the best, biggest version of myself. Like, kids become your why to do things that you never really thought you could or would do. But then at the same time, those same kids make it so much harder mm-hmm. to do that <laughs> stuff yeah. because they need you. Like, they need a parent. Yeah. So it was like, I'm doing this so that I can be home with them. But now I'm honestly kind of irritated because they're in the way and I'm trying to work. Yeah. Like. Mm. That's not right. So I really learned a lot about myself Mm -hmm. in that process. But I'm so glad that we did it. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what's next, you know, what that'll look like. But we'll do something else. So, um... You said a little bit, but overall, like, what were the main reasons why you guys uh, decided to sell it? So obviously, like, kids was kind of the main, right, the main reason. But anything else, like, were the prompts to, like, you knew it was time to, to pass it on? Well, the reason that we knew it was time was because um, I uh, I had had like a pretty hard couple years. Like it was, it can feel really lonely to go from like interacting with adults in a workplace all the time to being home with mm. people who don't talk because they're just needy babies. <laughs> just scream. Yeah. And, <laughs> and our kids, which I've kind of mentioned, are all really close together. So... Like we had our kids like within all three of them, like we had two of them were one and a half years apart. And then when my oldest was two and a half, does that make sense? He was two and a half and we had our third, Mm -hmm. like they were all really close. I'm so thankful that we have her, but we were not planning on having Mm -hmm. her that it was (laughs) like, let's wait a while. And my second was only six months old when I found out I was pregnant again. And I just... I kind of, cr- I cry. <laughs> I love you, Goldie, but I cried <laughs> because it's like, I have yeah. this business mm-hmm. that I, f- my husband was really incredible and great and hardworking and built everything like that took a lot of work for mm-hmm. him on the front end, but the day to day was on me mm-hmm. and I had all this other stuff that I wanted to do. And I felt like I was getting further and further away from it. Like, how can I ever get to the things that like, I really want to spend my time doing mm. I didn't, it, that was really hard for me. So after I had my second, I, it was like, I just was feeling like this is too much. So we actually took a step back in our business. So we went from like 50 events to 120 events to the next year. I think we only did like 70 Mm -hmm. and that was our choice. Like to, we were like, as long as it doesn't die, let's just get through this time when our kids are really young and we'll go from there. Like we had to be okay with that, which Mm -hmm. was really hard. Because I wanted to like hit goals. I couldn't, it was like hard to just be okay Mm -hmm. with it just being almost like stagnant. That felt like failing and that felt like quitting to me. But it was like, what are our priorities? We're doing this for our kids. Mm -hmm. Then we need to make our kids a priority. Like success 
is not what the world tells us success Mm. is. Me having a relationship and being home with my kids and not barking at like angry and frustrated with my kids all day, that is success. 20 years from now, however many jobs we did in a year, it's going to be like Mm -hmm. a blip on my radar. And I was trying really hard to keep that eternal perspective. As a mom, that was hard. I really felt the pull of both. So it was like kind of trying to figure out what to do. And Mm -hmm. we knew at some point, like we'd probably sell it. We didn't want to do it forever. But then I had like a real health scare. And I um, just really took stock of my life. Like, Mm -hmm. is this it? Am I out of time? Mm -hmm. Am am I going to die? Like I I had a, I ended up having a benign tumor that it needed to Mm -hmm. be removed because it could still metastasize. But I mean, I had this lump and it felt really like what scared me was I went to the doctor and it was like, go get an ultrasound so we can look at this today. Don't wait till tomorrow. Go today. Mm-hmm. Then the, the radiologist is going to come in and talk to you about what like about the results. Like, mm-hmm. don't leave. I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. It, everything felt really wow. urgent, yeah. like really rushed. And that really pa- like panicked me. Like, mm-hmm. do I have cancer? Am I going to die? And that like the so okay it was like really scary and then within a few days like they biopsied it so and then i had to wait a week to get my results and in that week i thought i had so much regret about how i was spending my time time, so like for you doing this business is the right thing and Mm -hmm. for me at this point in my life it really wasn't Mm -hmm. like i realized that i want to work and i want to do but i want to do things that matter more to Mm me and like i my work whatever I'm working on needs to have more control. Like I need to be able to control my time more than whatever job I'm doing is controlling my time. Mm -hmm. I just, I had so, it like really woke me up. Yeah. And so as soon as I found out I was okay, we were like, okay, we're selling Mm -hmm. our business. I mean, it was like that day. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like we, it was something we had kind of tossed around, but it was like, if I, if my, I feel like I've got a second chance at life. Like i can't waste it Mm -hmm. like this life is a gift Mm -hmm. and i just kind of i mean i knew that but i didn't know that like i do now Mm -hmm. i really feel like that experience changed my life and i'm really reevaluate well i love how like it intertwines because like you said Mm -hmm. there was the right time for you to do business but it's not anymore and now it's, it's the right time for me um and then you say when it was time to sell, it was just so easy. Like it was literally, I think it just kind of came up casually around Connie. And then yeah. like, she literally called me the same day. And then like, <laughs> I think we met the next week and then like, it just started happening, you know? Yeah. And just funny, like how intertwines. And of course knows, like for me during that season of life, like I it was probably like a year, year and a half where I was like wanting something new. Like I was ready for a change. Like specifically, like I wanted to either like start or take over like my own business and so it just i love how like god like orchestrated that like it was such good timing for me and same as for you it's like our lives like intertwined in it and it worked and so yeah it's just such a cool like testimony and it's (laughs) it's really cool like it literally couldn't have been better for like for both sides you know and so yeah yeah man it's awesome I know. I love it. I know. Because, yeah. I mean, initially when I was talking to Connie, it was like I didn't really even know that about you. She was just like, yeah, I mean, I built a table and mm-hmm. I'm not doing that 30 times. And so it was it's just like so crazy. The very thing that we were doing is like the very idea that you guys have. Yeah. So, yeah, so we were considering like uh, starting like a table business. Right? Connie uh, like spontaneously had the idea and the same day went and bought wood and built a table. 
and then like <laughs> the following weekend ha- happens run into you and you guys need to talk about it and then like the following week like we're sitting down like drafting a contract so it was, it was it really was crazy, crazy how it all uh came about but um that's so cool um yeah. so so what's next for you what um now that that is off your plate it's been i think seven eight months but mm-hmm. uh, where are you spending your time and i, I know you've mentioned like, you'd like to work and that's something you're you try to balance so so what what are you doing now what's your focus and kind of what's next in your life um well i mean <laughs> i have actually uh, catching up on sleep yeah actually yeah <laughs> because my now the baby she's almost two mm. and i'm like finally just getting back to normal in every way i feel like my life was really just overwhelming in every way because yeah like doing a lot of stressful stuff on not a lot of sleep and just not taking care of myself because i couldn't it was like right this is temporary i will like it wasn't like i didn't care and it wasn't like i didn't know there are just times when you just go this isn't forever and I'm going to make sure that it's not forever. And I did, you know? Um, so right. yeah, I'm catching up on my sleep. And one thing that I've talked to you a little bit about Jeremy, I gave Jeremy a book. Did you read it? I'm in process. Or listen to it. it listen. It's an audio book, which I didn't I put it on Corey. my list, but <laughs> it's a good one. <laughs> she looks at her well, we'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Please do. Cause it's a good one. Um, but I, one thing, that I thought a lot I've been thinking a lot about and I like made it my job for a couple months is I just thought how on earth are there people out there who seem to have enough money but don't work there are people who do it how do they do it because what I learned in having this business is like I was trading my time and my life which I will never get back for money mm-hmm. And it's like when you own a business, you see that it's like monopoly money. It comes in and it goes right back out. Mm-hmm. Like you don't get too attached to it because there's some big random expense. Like True. Yeah. you're going to build more stuff. The more work you have, the more people you have to pay. It's like don't get attached to it. But selling a business, we knew like, okay, we have some money. Like what are we going to – I just – we were like we're not going to spend it. What are we going to do? to set ourselves up in the long run. So, because how can I put this money to work? So Mm -hmm. I spent like a lot of time just thinking and reading a lot about that. And I just, Weston was like, yeah, make it your job. Mm. Let's make the money (laughs) off of our money. Mm. So I was like, like learning a lot about the stock market (laughs) 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 and real estate. I am like very fascinated by real estate. So, I was like, okay, we're going to invest in real estate, but we live in a really expensive real estate market. So it was like, maybe we could invest in another state. My parents live in Texas. So I just started looking at their real estate market and it was like, you know, you buy a house here for like a half a million dollars, Mm -hmm. but you can buy a house there for 80,000 bucks. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what? This is odd people. This isn't like a shanty or like a shack. This is a house. Yeah. People are doing this. So I um, just thought I did a lot of research. I reached out to some people. I bothered some people. I like joined some forums. Bigger Pockets is like a big one. If you're interested in real estate at all, so helpful. And a lot of people who are really happy to share what they know. So it was like, okay, I think we're going to buy a rental in Texas. 
but I should go there. I've never even been there. There's some areas in mm. my parents living in San Antonio. There's some areas there. I should probably go check it out. So I drove with my kids. Mm. Weston was working and I drove with my kids to Texas. Oh, from here. From here. Oh, my gosh. And then drive. <laughs> drove back. But it is so crazy. So I took a step. And again, this was like the same. I learned from my first experience. Like all like me, worst case, I'm visiting my parents and like wasting a couple hours with some real estate people. These people like drove me all around the city, like all around. They were so kind and patient. And that was part of my learning process. To e And I we actually ended up doing something else in a different city in <laughs> texas but um i just thought you know listening to podcasts doing research looking around like it's not costing me anything mm -hmm. i have nothing to lose by just finding out what's possible yeah and i had already learned that starting a business like you know a little bit of time and a little bit of money uh, you know for us i guess it would cost me the price of the trip driving and trying to just give my kids snacks yeah the whole way there the emotional cost of having yeah. kids in your car for that long yeah too. <laughs> the, the months of my life i lost <laughs> just kidding um actually they did a lot better than i thought that they that's would that's good um so i went and i talked to a bunch of people and i i shared something like on social media like hey i'm coming to texas i just put it out there like i'm kind of nervous like give me some tips for traveling in the car with kids that's like what i posted and somebody else was like hey if you're interested in texas real estate we're in waco i'd be really happy to show you around if you're interested in the waco market and i was i actually was looking at waco for like short-term rentals like mm -hmm. airbnb that requires a lot more work than like a long-term rental mm -hmm. i was like you know, if if somebody's stay, staying there and like it's turning over every three to seven days, like that's a lot of like you need someone to come and clean. Right. I just realized out of state that wasn't a good fit. Mm -hmm. But I, I had already been looking at Waco and just thought, I don't know. I mean, I knew that this friend, it's Weston's friend's sister. And I love the girl. Like she's great. Jesse. Shout out to Jesse and Brian. <laughs> I was that. just, yeah, all about the shout outs. <laughs> so I... um was she was just like if you want to come check it out it's four hours away from san antonio mm. so uh, but i just thought i've already driven 13 14 hours what's mm -hmm. four more hours and my mom was like a really good sport she was willing to go with me and we like made a really long day of it left really early mm. so i just said sure what do i have to lose i'll go to waco and you can show me around maybe i'm missing something i you know i don't even know what i don't know so i went there and I was like, you know, um, my mom had the kids at Magnolia Market <laughs> like for hours as I was driving around with them. They drove me all around town and we're just talking. And I just was like, you know, they were saying that they had lived in Vegas, done a couple flips and moved to Waco the year before and had done one flip successfully there and decided that they wanted to pursue it more. Mm. And I was like, oh, interesting. Well, would you be up for like rehabbing a, a house for us? If we like found a rental and it just needed some work, would you really be willing? Like, would you be up for doing the work for us? Because we don't know anyone else mm -hmm. here. And they were like, well, yeah, I mean, you know, we could do that on the short term, you know, but we hope to get to a point where we're so busy that we're, you know, too busy to help someone else. Mm -hmm. We're like busy with our own flipping business. What we're really looking for is a partner. We need someone to help us. Like they, they were able to pay for a lot of a project but not the whole project and it was like really hmm. hmm 
well, I mean, I don't have any know-how and I'm not in this state. And mm. that seems really intimidating to manage something from out of town. But we do have so, like a little bit of money. Turns out we had, it, it, it was like, again, just all, I took steps just trying to figure it out. And the Lord has mm. like directed us. So now we are flipping houses with this couple oh in Texas. That's crazy. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> and it's but in Waco. In Waco. Wow. So we're doing our first project now. That's so cool. The next time you talk to me, I might not be flipping anymore. <laughs> 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 but it's been so cool. Just yeah. like I didn't know what I was doing. And mm -hmm. I just thought I have nothing to lose but a little bit of time. Mm -hmm. And every time I've done that in my life, like I'm not qualified to lead a small group, but I'll, I'll go to this retreat and like or like meeting and learn about it and then prepare and mm -hmm. Then it's like I did more ministry. I, we didn't really know how to start a business, but we did it. And then now it's like, now it's gotten easier mm -hmm. to like just take the do chance it, yeah. and do stuff. Be, yeah. yeah, be uncomfortable and, you know, know that you're going to have to learn on the fly and yeah. sort of figure it out as you go. And even just seeing that, you know, some of my experience managing a business has been really beneficial. Like I keep the books and everything's online. Like you mm -hmm. can do everything online. So yeah. He's the husband's doing the work. The wife is working in like a normal job. So they're living off of her income and we're living off of Weston's income. And we both just like put this money in a pot and we're just keeping the money in it. Mm. So it'll just the hope is that it'll grow. So yeah. like we can pay cash together to do one project. Mm. And I mean, we're we both agree that we don't want to do it forever. We'll just kind of like take it year by year. Um but that's like not even really what I'm doing. It was like I got I just wanted to like get all this information. So I, I'm that's something that like I'm really passionate about is like more people could and should be doing this. And I think that money is keeping people from living their calling mm -hmm. like debt, a lot like a lot of high monthly expenses. Like we've made sacrifices to live on one income. And w I mean, we're living a life that's far better than money could ever buy us. But at the same time, we're putting this money to work so that like in the long term, we can continue to do that. Yeah. I have some really big lofty financial goals and Weston's just like, uh-huh. <laughs> I'm like, watch. I like to hear that. Yeah. Sounds like <laughs> yeah. Connie. Connie's very Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know. I love that girl. Because I feel like we're a lot alike. Yeah. Like, very much let's so. just see what we, who says you can't? Mm -hmm. Like, why not? Yeah. That's kind of been a motto in my life. Hmm. I, I'm seeing people do this. Why couldn't I? Especially with the Lord. Yeah. Why couldn't I do that? Hmm. So, we're doing we're doing that but it's honestly like not i thought maybe i would do more work but i'm not doing a whole lot of work with it so i'm just trying to write more that's like what i want to do what i enjoy doing so since we sold our business i've like <laughs> written like tons of stuff that i'm like i don't know if anyone's gonna see this i'm trying to be more diligent yeah. and consistent like on our blog and social media in itself is like its own kind of crazy mm -hmm. writing weird it's weird. It's like yeah. a weird platform. But like I've written a book proposal and like mm. I just cr I like wrote out this ebook. E yeah. Yeah. I wrote wow. out an ebook and like yeah. I'm creating this course. I don't know what that's going to look like, but I'm just like, why not? Yeah. La like again in this stuff, the stuff like this is the this is why we sold our business mm -hmm. is so that I could pursue this stuff. This type of stuff. Yeah. Because I love it. And mm -hmm. I'm like. If I'm making money over here, I don't need to worry so much about what I'm doing, whether or not it makes me money because mm -hmm. I'm making money in another place. Like yeah. worth and success like is not what we think it is. Mm. 
Like I find so much satisfaction in like being diligent and consistent with my kids in being consistent in writing, making myself available for mentoring or just different relationships, ministries, like things that I want to do and mm-hmm. I could not do. And there's a time, even if I wasn't working or with kids, I maybe, you know, couldn't have mm-hmm. done it anyway, but that's like a season. Yeah. So anyway, that's what I'm doing <laughs> now. All uh, sorts of stuff. Way yeah. more than I would have thought. Yeah. I would have thought, man, I'm going to take the next year off and we're going to figure it out later, but... But you're I just, can't. yeah, you just keep the ball rolling. <laughs> yeah. Just keep going. <laughs> well, me and Corey always talk about that, that lesson of like really anything you want to do, you want to learn, like you can do it. Just put the time yeah. in, figure it out and like get to work. Mm-hmm. And like you are like a living example and like in so many areas where you've like put that into practice. And so, um, I think that's something that we can take with us. Like really, if you have an idea, a vision, something that excites you, just go do it. Like it's as simple as really spending time to learn. Mm-hmm. And, um, so, so thank you for, for doing that. And uh, as, as a woman, like setting an example for us and like helping us. To I know I'm like, damn, see. I need yeah. to step up my game. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's honestly really imp- impressive and it's just like encouraging and exciting to talk about it. I could talk about this stuff yeah. all yeah. day. I could talk to you guys like, do this, try this, look <laughs> at that, read this. Yeah, Jenny is constantly There's like sending me stuff. Like read so this, funny. listen to this. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and we haven't even really touched on in the everyday. Do you want to just yeah. talk a little oh. bit about, I mean, yeah. that's sort of been going on it, like during all of this, right? Yeah. I mean, yes. when, when did that start? Um, we started that blog in the everyday. I started it with two friends like the month before I had my second born. So that probably added to the craziness. Like I want to do this more, but I can't. Like I felt just so pulled in every direction because I wanted to do everything, but I wasn't doing anything well. Sound so familiar, Corey? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we have a very similar struggle with different stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. I mean, when you have a lot of ideas, it's like hard to stop mm-hmm. anyway. I mean, and you can do everything, but you cannot do it all at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that's what I've learned, especially as a mom and being patient with that. Like I'm never going to get this time back with my kids. I would be kicking myself if I wasted it chasing stuff that is important to me but not as important as them so in the everyday is a blog i mean our real focus like if we're writing to somebody it's christian younger women um like 20s 30s maybe even 40s so all three of us are moms of young kids which is kind of why that blog has been like a lot of on and off like all three of us at different times we've each had two more kids like since we originally started Mm, it so now all three of us have three and um it's like having to be okay with not posting for a while like there was a whole year when we didn't post an actual blog post all we did was like occasionally post on social media and then we would like okay, you know, what are we, are we going to keep doing this? Yeah, I'll do it. And then somebody else would pick it up when the other two kind of stopped. And so I'm picking it up. I mean, like they're welcome to do it as much as they can, but we're just in different places. Like Mm -hmm. they both have kids that are younger than me. So I'm able to give it more time and more thought. And I'm not like, this is why I stopped working in like a paying business so that I could pursue this stuff. So I, we share a lot on social media and blogging. And then we have, we've always had like a shop portion that sat empty. So we like want to do more and more like resources for moms, women, Mm -hmm. 
um, like we have devotionals that we've written and kind of shared in different areas, but we want to like start putting all of that in one place. Hmm. So hmm. we want it to be a hub, like for yeah. women to seek the Lord and encourage them to seek God in their everyday lives. Hence the name in the everyday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I love that. Well, very similar Real. to what we're trying to do yeah, as well. Yeah. Like the sister yeah. of Cultivate and Keep a little yeah. bit. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's sort of our, our vision too. And like I mentioned before, we have our cultivateandkeep.com slash favorites page, which is sort of like it's a directory. up and live now, right, Corey? Oh, yeah. No, it, it's okay. up and live. Oh, oh, it's, it's still not in the navigation <laughs> okay. yet. Um, we just realized the other day that it's not even like like easily seen on the website. We're like, what are we thinking? Wait a second here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, it, it's sort of a, a hub, like that page specifically of all our favorite mm-hmm. books, websites, podcasts, you know, devotionals. Apps. Um, but I mean, the, the grander vision for Cultivate and Keep too is, mm-hmm. you know, to be for younger men, uh, you know, to... Um, cultivate and keep all that the Lord has for them to become the man they want to, that God wants them to be. So mm-hmm. very admirable. It. Yeah. Um, do you want to move on to some of these closing questions? Yeah. Where <clears throat> thank you so much for all of your time, but uh, any favorite books? Yeah, I have my list. I wrote it on my hand. <laughs> oh, um, is that what you're looking at? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought I'm not going to bring paper. I'm going to forget. <laughs> I guess different than paper. Dan. Uh, I'm just trying to yeah. sur- like survive my day. You're doing it. <laughs> You're making it. <laughs> You're doing just You're very well. <laughs> um, so one book that I love that is uh, like some of the concepts from your Christianity, but the four loves by C.S. Lewis. Mm. Love it. Also from him, there's a collection of essays, but the one essay itself, like the whole collection is called The Weight of Glory. But the essay, The Weight of Glory, is like huh. really has been formative in my faith, mm. like in understanding who I am as a Christian. So the four loves. Um, did, oh. a, did a smear? <laughs> no, I was like, what did I write? <laughs> um, another book that's a little bit loosely like faith related is A Million Miles in a Thousand Years by Donald Miller. It's really good. It talks about story, like how life is a story. Hmm. And it's really, I've read it a few times, like just thinking about what is the story I'm telling with my life. Uh, and then more um, money focused that just a few things that I've kind of been learning about, like one book that's like a standard in personal finances, rich dad, poor dad. Yeah. It's a good one. Have you guys read that? I read it. Yeah. I think when I was 18 or 19. What'd you think of it? Uh, I liked it. Yeah. I mean, that was like sort of kickstarted my interest and, uh, sort of like drive for like entrepreneurial kind of things. And, um, it's a little bit outdated now in some of like the practical sense, but yeah. but like the concept <laughs> and as a whole, like of your rich dad and your poor dad and just the different lifestyles and the way that, that you think about money and life and how you use it uh, was, you know, it was amazing. Yes. I was like, what? This makes so, so much sense and it's so simple, but yeah. I've never thought of money that way. Like I can put my money to work to buy me the things that I want instead of just buying the stuff I want and then have no money. <laughs> Right. And especially as a Christian too, like, I mean, you have to remember to look at everything through the lens, but I think there is a lot of biblical principle in there about Mm -hmm. like not being a slave to money, living paycheck to paycheck, not allowing money to be the driver of how you spend all of your time and your priority to make the bills. And uh, especially talking a lot about debt and how, you know, he talks about how your, your house is not an asset and um, a lot of the things that we think of as normal and conventional maybe are actually hurting our lives and our ability to, to advance the kingdom. Um, mm-hmm. And so I thought that that was very good and uh, sort of transformative in the way that I thought about money personally and how 
you know, also kickstarted my interest in, well, how does God want us to use money? And there's lots of verses, obviously, in the Bible about how yeah. God wants us to use money. And there's like this idea that like money's bad and you should have enough because you should be responsible. But if you want more than you need, it's kind of greedy. And the Bible doesn't actually say that. The love of money, like what money can buy you, is the root of all evil. But yeah. money itself is a tool that can mm-hmm. do a lot in the kingdom of God. Um, and kind of on that same vein, another book that is more faith focused that I love and it's such a cool like perspective and it's told in a story is a book called life and air. Like instead of millionaire, it's life, like life Hmm. and air as like one word it's written by two guys and I don't remember their names. Um, really just such a good, it's like they talk a lot about just the, the concept that you're like you, we trade our life for money. Um, and mm. like the things that we want to be doing, we can't really do mm. because especially if you have a lot of expenses, it's a good one. Yeah. Add it to your list, Jeremy. I'm writing and these then down. Yeah. I already sent Jeremy another book called Set for Life by Scott Trench, I've which is. I've heard of that, but. It's good. He'll share it with you. Okay. Cool. We'll put <laughs> in the show a, notes too. Yeah. It's a good one. Just like what you can do in a really short, focused amount of time hmm. is pretty cool. Yeah. Awesome. So. Uh, who do you look up to and who are sort of the people that. I don't know, you go to for advice or that you follow on social media or their blog, website, or even, I don't know, uh, people that you admire and that you sort of try to learn from? Um, I would say I, I mean, just personally, people that I know that are close to me that like most people wouldn't know their names. I mean, anyone. Yeah. yeah, Close close people more mm -hmm, like, you know, public people. Yeah. Um, I would say, you know, in our church, Linda Hoffman is someone who's been a real gift to me. I'm really thankful for her. So she's a woman that I really look up to. Um, there's also an author. Her name is Sally Clarkson. She's really helped shape my perspective on my kids and motherhood. Um, I mean, parenthood in general, like Hmm. the ministry of raising children that she's been really good. And don't know i mean i feel like there's so many people i could i like that there's like so many ideas that i'm like i don't know that's all i can think of right no that's fine that's totally fine okay um what like what's the the next thing or like what do you look forward to in the future like a i don't know is there sort of this ideal like mm-hmm. you know picturesque kind of vision that you have for your life in the near future that you're sort of pushing towards um you know i and look at like the, the older that my kids get, like right now they're one, three and four. They're still really young, mm-hmm. but already like a th- as a three and a four year old, I'm like, I really like them. I yeah. like who they're becoming. Who would have thought? I know. Good thing. Cause, mm. and I mean, if I didn't like them, I think that would be more on me <laughs> and now I'm parenting them. Um, mm. I'm just looking forward to watching my kids grow and me growing with them. I have grown so much. Some of it was the business and a lot of it's just been being a parent shows you so much of yourself. Yeah. So I'm just looking forward to continuing to grow with my kids and, um, I don't just like more of what I'm doing. I feel like I am right where I want to be and I'm doing all the things that I've always wanted to do and always kind of wondered if I ever could. Mm. I'm living the dream. That's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) So more of the same and maybe some more traveling because I really like to travel. Yeah. Cool. Um, this one's maybe a little bit hard to answer, but 
Here's the this is the one that you were that you're worried about. But if you could go back <laughs> and have a heart to heart with 18 year old Jenny, uh, what would you tell her? What would your advice be? Yeah, I did tell you. I thought about this. I had like five or six things, which is not helpful. That's too many things. An 18 year old. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyone, Just you know, one thing. my one takeaway would be be patient with the process. <laughs> Nothing in my life has been like quick. Um, you know, it's like been really hard till maybe suddenly it wasn't, you know, like you, you struggle through things. I like you, I've struggled to figure out who I am. I've struggled to find my faith. I've, we've struggled to grow a business. I've struggled through parenting, like all of those things. It's like, I have an idea and I just want to get there. And there's so much waiting in the Bible. Like David was anointed King and waited 20 plus years before he was Mm -hmm. ever King of Israel. And Moses, he had this great idea, was in the wilderness for 40 years and then continued to wander with the Israelites for 40 years. Like Mm -hmm. there's so much. God is patient. He's not concerned with time like I'm concerned with time. And so I would just tell myself, like, be patient. Just because something's hard or slow doesn't mean that it's wrong. And I look back and I wonder if there are some more things that I could be doing if I hadn't quit. Like so often we think if it's easy, it's God. And if it's hard, it's not. It must this. This is a closed door, like in quotes. It's like this weird concept. We Mm. put these limits on God. So I would just tell myself, like, you're growing, you're learning and be patient with that. And, And I can see even now I'm 34. Everything has led to the next thing. And I couldn't have seen that. But I can see already my little bit of hindsight Mm. i'm like yeah yeah just go with it yeah (laughs) we did an episode on that uh i think we called it the messy middle or or something like that Mm -hmm. um but we talked about a lot of those stories and i mean our own personal experience of like i am you know here in point a and i can see point b where i want to get to and how can i skip all the you know things in between Mm -hmm. you know i mean like i just want to get to point b as fast as possible and it's hard to have patience when there is a process and there is a lot of work involved and there are there is a lot of waiting and a lot of, um, you know, you don't know maybe how long it's going to take or how much work is going to go into getting to that place. But you have to sort of, like you said, trust the process, learn to enjoy the process, be mm-hmm. patient with the process. So that's good. Well, and the process prepares you for your promotion, yeah. like whatever the next thing is. I thought I was nice until I got married. <laughs> and I had kids <laughs> now like there's nowhere to hide mm-hmm. uh, like my short temp like my short fuse my lack of patience all of those things are exposed and that's part of what makes the middle so messy and mm-hmm. so painful because we're like dang I'm not who I thought I was mm-hmm. I'm not where I thought I would be but but that's the way that you get to where yeah. you want to be and yeah. who like Christ likeness yeah. being the goal is there Awesome. Um, well, if you could say one thing to the next generation of Christian men and of, uh, you know, young men in their, even their teens, their twenties, thirties, uh, what would you say? I would say that the world needs what you have to offer. You know, like we kind of touched on it earlier, the idea that like the world kind of paints guys as either sleazy or lazy or, workaholics like one of those extremes and I think that that is probably really discouraging Hmm. I could imagine 
I mean, as a woman, that's different because there's this other swing in the other direction of women are all powerful, all knowing, all capable. Like it's really unfair and it's really a shame. So I would say men make no mistake. Mm. Like God made you the way that he made you because we need you and Mm. we need what you have to offer. So whatever you want to do, whatever you want to try, whatever you're thinking of, just step out in faith and do it because the world needs what you have to offer. Yeah. I think that's it. I love it. <laughs> well, um, where can people um, find more about you? So on, is it, what's the, the website for your guys' blog? Um, our website is in the everyday.net. .net. .net. Right, so if you couldn't find it, that's why. It's kind of weird. And then um, on like Instagram, Facebook, in the everyday. Cool. Perfect. Yeah. Well, thanks so much yeah. for, for joining us and spending time away from your family, away from all of your projects and all of your stuff that you're working on <laughs> to be with us. Um, this has been super yeah, fantastic. Really it good. was oh, Well, thanks so much for having me. Yeah. yeah, it was a lot of fun and we really enjoyed it. So thanks again. And uh, maybe we can have you on in another few months when we have we'll an update see what's on the changed. next. Yeah, yeah what's yeah. thing. <laughs> <laughs> I know. In a year, I'll be like, mm. now I'm doing this. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever heard of Arbon or Amway? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> no, I won't do that to you. Uh, that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> All right. Well, Jenny, thanks so much. Yeah, thank you. Thank and, you. Um, Cold Van Keep listeners, we will talk to you in the next one. Yep.